You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Huzzah! Alan Seiler. Greetings, humans. And Veronica Daschle. Hi. And we're joined tonight by our good friend, Bobby Nash. Welcome to the show, Bobby. So good to be back on the station. If I, I could that correct makes- it very slightly, it's award-winning Bobby Nash. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Sir Bobby right. Nash. Yes. Other people can say that when I say it, it you know. <laughs> I become egotistical when I say it. <laughs> the lady in the grocery store gives you a weird look. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> we were all at it's, a- it's on my ch- it's on my like credit card, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We were all at a dinner together uh, last weekend for like all the podcasters on our network. And you should have just walked around and said, hi, I'm award-winning author, Bobby Nash. <laughs> nice to meet you. I see what, yeah, when, it, when I first won, when I won my first award, I was co-hosting uh, Earth Station One with Mike and Mike. And that, mm-hmm. that kind of became the thing. They started introducing me that way. <laughs> and so it became this thing now, like if I go to conventions or like at the dinner, I'll mm-hmm. walk in and somebody's going to shout it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I got to tell you is a great little ego boost when you walk in a room. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, in addition to being a, an award-winning author, you're a longtime Star Trek fan. You've mm-hmm. done some writing for Star Trek fan projects. Uh, you've got quite a, a history with Star Trek. And I was just reading a little bit about it in a book that's out right now called Galloping Around the Cosmos. Oh. And you have a piece in that. So let's let's start from there. Like, how did you get into Star Trek? Star Trek was a, you know, it, it started as one of those things that I, I caught. It played. I'm a child of the 70s. Uh, I was born mm-hmm. in 71. So it was it was in reruns by the time I was born. So. When I was in elementary school, it played in the afternoon. So right after I got home from school and I was having my snack and whatever, it was on. Mm. And that was my first introduction to Star Trek. And I, I just fell in love with it. You know, I, yeah. you know, for, for the same reason, probably most of us did. It was just really cool. Yeah. I love the, I love the adventure aspect of it. I love the exploratory aspect of it, the discovery and all that. And so I would watch an episode of Star Trek while I was having my after-school snack. And then when it was over, my mother would promptly shoo me outside where I would be, oh, and I I was an only child until I was nine. So I uh, had to, you know, keep myself entertained. And so I would mimic, you know, what I had watched. So I started playing Star Trek or whatever else I was watching. And, (laughs) and, after a while you started, I started coming up with my own stories, you know, mm-hmm. not, not just content to rehash the episode I just watched. And that was probably, probably one of the earliest things of me storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so, yeah. but, it, <clears throat> but doing things like that would, and it was different shows too. I mean, you know, my mother used to tell stories about, I was such a big fan of the Spider-Man cartoon that my mother would tell stories about, 
I just don't know about this kid. He runs around the backyard going psh, 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 <laughs> all day. I don't know what he's doing. Are you talking about the real, the classic, the Spider-Man? Spider-Man, oh, yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that one. And so I would, you know, because he would, psh, psh, you know. Swing. Yes. So, <clears throat> I'm out in the backyard doing all that, and my mother thought it was the funniest thing ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> that cartoon had great sound effects, and I clearly remember the web shooters that you're yep. talking about. They had great yeah. sound effects on that. So yeah. so yeah so so I would start I started mimicking those things and mm-hmm. and then not consent to just do what I had you know watch started making up my own stories and coming up with yeah different scenarios and uh, I don't remember any of them but you know I used to just you know it was fun I you know and I it was, so it was yeah. me and it was me and you know I got to go out and play with imaginary Kirk Spock McCoy etc cetera, etc cetera, which right. was great fun you know great playmates <laughs> i think star trek for a lot of us it snags you for the same reason a lot of other things do it's colorful you know the yeah. characters are going on adventures they're funny and likable but i think it holds you because there's more to it you know it, it engages you on different levels as you get older right. and you watch the shows differently i think as you grow up well mm-hmm. i think too i think too they they become a bit of like role models mm-hmm. i mean yeah. these characters are everything my parents told me we should be you know yeah people do good things you know study and i mean all these things and so i was seeing it in action you know these right. were people that were they didn't solve every problem with a gun or their fist they there was a lot of thought and research and things like that that they did mm-hmm. and it, just, it just kind of it kind of like stuck with me to the point where there was for uh, that moment of t- much time i had this thought of i should study science yeah then i realized how much math was involved with that and right. yeah i went another yeah. way <laughs> yeah before our next question i just want to say that we have a a facebook user who says that 60s spider-man cartoon was part of my daily after school routine yeah Amen. Nice. same here mine yep. was lost in space yep. all the way yeah. i was just obsessed with it well, that, 90s Spider-Man. Yeah, that was a good one too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. well, you know, and and too, I think Spider-Man was really my first introduction to science fiction. Mm-hmm. But it did lead me to find things like Lost in Space or Space oh, really? 1999 or Battlestar Galactica. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of led me to, and then of course, you know, later in the 70s, Star Wars and yeah. you know. Um so yeah, so it was it was a it was a it was a really great time to be a fan of of outer space. Did you ever see or get exposed to the Star Trek animated series back at, in those early growing up days? I did. Those were the ones I actually got to see. You know, yeah, it, yeah. live. You know, right, first right. first run, first time. Um, yeah, and it was like, and I was so like, it was so cool too because it was the same people. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Captain Kirk sounds like Captain Kirk. You know? <laughs> And so, yeah, no, and I I found those to just be just wonderfully entertaining, uh, really good stories. And I had a blast with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Bobby, since you were growing up in the 70s, and I remember that time very clearly, that was also the time when two things happened. A lot of message Saturday morning shows started coming, you know, Mm -hmm. and also there was everything in the world about we're going to destroy ourselves with nuclear war. There was like my God, what was Arc 2 and all those mm-hmm. Jason, the Star Command and all those goofy shows. Did you watch all those as well? 
I, you know, I miss those. I, I didn't watch <laughs> Jason Starkman. I didn't really see art two. Uh, really the first apocalyptic type stuff I remember, I remember mm-hmm. seeing, I, it could be different because I do remember Buck Rogers kind of had that. Yeah. Yeah. The underlying basis was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then things like the, the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Oh my oh. God. Yeah. Dude, I loved V so yes. much. No yeah. Kidding. Those were, those were kind of my first of, Ooh, aliens are evil <laughs> or can <laughs> be evil. Um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, we weren't going out looking for friendly aliens now, yeah. you know, these were some bad. A- and so I think those were kind of the first times where it really, I really saw things that kind of posited that we might destroy ourselves. Yeah. Um, mm. And then of course, planet of the apes. Oh yes. Like yeah. Um, right. so yeah. And, and so, but yeah, but even as much as I enjoyed those, there was still a part of me that hoped for the Star Trek future. Right. Where, yes. where we would, you know, we could find like, you know, that we could go to another planet and we could like those people and they could mm-hmm. like us. And it would, you know, and, and, you know, of course you can't even do that in our real world. It seems like these days, but <laughs> yeah, right. But I do hope that you know, it would be cool if one day, and of course, you know, Star Trek too, you know, did, they didn't, shy away from it like they had talked about world war three yeah. yeah i mean because they were really you know they were really f- for certain in the 60s that by the 90s we would have all obliterated each other mm. <laughs> <laughs> right and, yeah the eugenics war with yeah. Was written well, yeah, in the 90s we, yeah because we had the eugenics wars were talked about yeah. in star trek the world war three was talked about yeah uh and other wars as well but it's so i mean certainly and I didn't know any of that as a kid because I grew yeah. up in the seventies. So I didn't have those, those things to kind of measure it against. But as I've gotten older and the world, I see the world as an adult sees the world, not as a kid yeah. sees the world. I yeah. realize there's a, there was a lot of messages right. in Star Trek that I did not realize as a kid. But as I got older, I realized what they were doing. Well, mm-hmm. you know, in the sixties, that's like first generation after world war two. And that mm-hmm. everything about world war two lingers on, you know, for that yeah. next yeah. generation or so, because what, you know, I can't even imagine having lived through, I mean, and I was, you know, I was born in 62, so I wasn't that far removed from that, but you know, it, it was a, it was a very different world ideologically even you know back then and yeah, all that stuff gets fed into the 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 art and the television mm-hmm. and the books and the comics that were made at that time yeah because the people making it were alive yeah yeah and they remembered even if they weren't fighting in the war they remembered what it was like to be home fearful of what was going to happen right mm-hmm. right you know? and we still get and we still get that too i mean growing up in the 70s and 80s it was the Cold War and the Russians are coming. Absolutely. You know? um, and somebody's going to nuke us. Those were the fears. Mm-hmm. And and we a lot of our entertainment in the 80s bears that out. When I was in uh, elementary school, I remember this based on what you guys were saying. When I was in elementary school, an absolute part of your school curriculum was doing the, the drill. I you knew that's what you were going to say. Yeah. I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> and you go down to the basement. And the whole point of this, and this is going to sound so strange to people nowadays, the whole point is you were going down the basement and you would do a drill. And this is no lie in case we got nuked. Yep. And even Absolutely. as a kid, 
elementary school. I'm like, well, if they nuke us, yeah. and like the whole school was down in the basement. And my high school, my school had had K rations from left over from World War II still oh, in the basement. Wow. <laughs> I remember as a kid going, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> but yeah. it was and a thing. <laughs> yeah, and you're sitting here going, "What are these desks made of?" You're showing us videos of entire buildings being flattened. Yeah, right. this desk is going to save my life. Yeah, we yeah. had to we had to hunker down under our desks, yeah. and that's I mean that's yeah. just stupid because we didn't have a basement. But you know what's what's messed up, and I'm I apologize for I'm not going to get us off onto a tangent or on a different topic. But it was screwed up is that we're at a point now where they're doing drills on in case someone comes in armed with a rifle and and starts shooting people. I mean, no kid should ever, ever have to have that taught to them as part of their school experience. Talk and talk about a law, a way to lose innocence too. Right. You know, childhood is, should be an innocent time. And you really, you know, yeah. Cause you know, I got to be naive about the world much longer than kids today. You know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bill Lamond, our, one of our buddies, has joined and he says, get off my lawn, Alan. I was born in 1958. <laughs> 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 well, what led you to becoming a writer? Um, well, I wasn't good at math. <laughs> As we've established. Um, and so uh, I had when that dream died, I had this. This I had discovered comic books, mm. and I had this dream of I can draw comic books, and turns out not so good at drawing comic books. <laughs> um, I can doodle, but I'm not. I'm my art never reached a professional level, but I started writing stories to have stuff to draw, and mm. that in turn led to other artist friends asking me to start writing for them. And at that oh. point I'm like, Hmm, you know, cause I never really yeah. thought of myself as a writer. I just thought of myself as an artist who's coming up with a story. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, and it just kind of, it kind of snowballed from there. And I, I, I give a buddy of mine grief about this. So I had a buddy of mine who set me down one day and he says, it's tough love time. He goes, you're never, ever going to be a professional comic book artist. I hate to break it to you. You're just not. <laughs> wow. He says, however, you're not bad at this writing thing. And, and I think if you were to focus on one or the other, you'll get better at that one. Whereas mm. right now, right now, you're not at a level where you're going to sell anything to publishers. And this was in the pre-do-it-yourself days. There was no, right, yeah, you know. So right. you're, you know, Marvel and DC were, and or Archie were about your only options in those days. And I guess he hit me on the right day because it penetrated and and set with me. Mm-hmm. And I started focusing on the writing, and he was right because two years later I sold my first comic script. Wow! So, really? Yeah. How, so how old were you at that time? Uh, uh, 19, 20, 21. Wow. 20, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Early twenties. I, I was out of high school. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. um, and, and so I, I did a little work and then it, it, it dried up a little bit after that. And then in two, 2000, I got really busy. So, mm-hmm. um, so there were some lean years in there. Um, mm. but then 2000, I sold, uh, a script to a larger publisher, that turned into like a four-year gig. And then while I was doing all that, I was writing a novel, trying to write a novel, which I sold in 2004. 
And so it came out in 2005, and I've been pretty steady busy since then. What was that wow. first novel? Oh, it was called Evil Ways. Okay. Um, actually, actually, sorry, you can see the cover. Hey, <laughs> right there. <laughs> there you go. This is, this is why the office, cor- this corner of the office looks this way. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you'd be, uh, you'd be amazed how often that question comes up, and I can just go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it was... Um, but yeah, so I I've been writing steady since two thousand ish. Okay. Um. So, but steady working with books mm-hmm. coming out since two thousand five. Okay. And our friend Bill tells us, and this is something I never knew about him, um, that he's won awards as a comic strip creator. Oh, very nice. I know that I'm probably never going to be a comic book level artist. Right there with you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I still love to draw. Mm-hmm. I uh, no, sorry, I just saw his comment. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, I. I still love to draw, and I still yeah. doodle. I do mm-hmm. doodles for kids at conventions, and if people buy stuff from my store, I draw on their envelopes, and people Your enjoy. Doodles that. are great, though, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, right, but, but, but there's a but there's a lot of difference between doing that. <laughs> And doing right. somebody pulling a gun, chasing somebody down the street. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I enjoy doing that. So I do that. And that keeps the, that keeps the drawing habit going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so awesome. Bob, I have a question. You mentioned that basically you wanted to be an artist first mm-hmm. and then writing came like, are you familiar with that whole term they called the Marvel way back yep. in the day? The Marvel oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Where they would literally just draw a picture and someone would write a script around it. Yeah. When you so when you first start writing, did you find yourself just creating pictures and then created a world around the picture, or did you always have a story in your mind? I would have a loose idea, mm-hmm. and I would, and when I started writing comic scripts, because I, I'm self-taught, I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> to learn how to, because there's a you have to learn how to flow a page, mm-hmm. even in the writing stage. The artist does up the big bulk of that, but okay. you have to know how to make the reader's eye follow down the page. So yeah. I would actually draw in very small, like thumbnail, you know, very rough. Mm-hmm. I would draw out the page and write the script that way. Oh, so, so you were storyboarding, you taught yourself yeah. the storyboard and then you learned how to write script around that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, cause that, that helped me, that helped me in describing the panels mm-hmm. for artists, yeah. because there are things you have to do. Like if if there's three characters in a panel and they're talking, whoever speaks first needs to be on the left side of the panel. Yeah. Whoever speaking second needs to be in the middle. Whoever speaking mm-hmm. third needs to be because you want the reader to, mm-hmm. to read right, you know. Yeah. Left right. Right, yeah. And so there's a lot of that. And so I was using the thumbnails and the, the storyboards to help me figure out how to write that. And eventually, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I stopped doing. That. I don't do that yeah. anymore when I write. Right. Writing. But it, but it helps me to do that. It helps me to un, to better describe what I'm seeing to the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of what I write in a comic script is instruction. the The audience never sees it. But I also I I can write in, enough to tell the artist what I'm thinking. But I can mm-hmm. also draw just enough to where if I need to scribble it down for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're like, I don't get what you're trying to say here, mm-hmm. I can scribble it out. So, so yeah, so that helps. But that was, that was kind of how I taught myself doing all that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah I'm self-taught on all of it. Um, I mean, I've taken a few classes here and there, but 
the bulk of it, I'm pretty self-taught. I, I learned a lot by screwing crap up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know that. We know that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, um, all too well. <laughs> and sometimes just the best way to learn it is to mm-hmm. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that's how, when I know when we're going to, we're going to talk about fan, the fan films. That's why right. I did it. I wanted to write yep. a script. I didn't know if I could. I needed a reason to do it. It gave me a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and now am I correct in thinking that your first, the first live action script that you wrote that was produced was the Starship Farragut Conspiracy of Innocence? Yes. Yes. So how did that yep. come about? I met those guys. I was at Con Carolinas. I don't, I mm. forget the year. And Con Carolinas is in Charlotte. And the way the convention is set up, um, they had just started adding comic guests. And so I was their first comic guest, which was pretty cool. But all the tables are in the hallway. And it's an okay. L-shaped hallway. Right. And there's tables on each side. And there's a, there's dealer rooms and panels room. But all the guests are in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Farragut guys were across the hall from me. Uh, Michael Day and John... Uh, John uh, Brodner, who are, uh, who plays the captain, were there, right. and they were they were there. And throughout the weekend, the three days, I think at that point they had two live episodes and two animated episodes that okay. played on a loop over right. and over. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I would talk to them throughout the weekend as things were you know during the slow periods, and right. and I remember on the last day sidling up to Michael Day and says, I think I have an idea for a story. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> because just hearing them all week, mm-hmm. all weekend, yeah. you know, I, I, I heard what they were doing. I, I already knew Star Trek. So, but I got to know their, cause they're, that's a new group of characters. Those are not right. pre-existing yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of got a feel for their characters. And so mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I kind of have an idea. And he says, pitch it he says write it up send it to us i can't guarantee we'll use it but we'll look at it and let you know yeah and and so i did and uh they liked it uh we we did some changes um obviously i mean that's just the nature excuse me the nature of writing anything Mm -hmm. right and we 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 wrote it we made some changes um i updated the script they wouldn't film i wasn't able to be there when they filmed it which None of the fa- I've I've not been there for any of the filming of any of the fan films <laughs> I've written, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, but I went down. I did get to go down and tour the sets. They were doing a little mini convention called uh, Farragut Fest, right? And they were doing tours awesome. and all this. And so yes. I went down, and they had invited me to come down as a guest. I threw some books out. We talked about writing it. I hadn't at this point. It had it wasn't out yet. I actually mm. saw the first rough cut of the episode there because it was okay. me it was me and there were a couple of the kid the kid actors the, the kid yeah. actors were there and none of us had seen it yet and so they john and michael and holly they took the three of us into a closet <laughs> wow. i mean it was it was the size of a closet and we sat there on wooden boxes with a laptop <laughs> perched on a wooden box and we watched it in this closet Wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So it was really cool. So yeah. So yeah. we were in a closet off the ho- off the off the uh, corridor of the starship. <laughs> That's, <laughs> you know. That's amazing. Yeah. So nice. so but yeah, it was it's it was so surreal because it was again, I had never done it before. So 
Yeah. When the first the, the things that stuck out to me were delivery of lines. It'd be, ooh, that's a good line. And then it'd be like, oh wait, you wrote that. <laughs> um, and it would just be like, ooh, you know. Um yeah. so there was that kind of thing. And it was just seeing it come to life was really cool. I you yeah. know, and but because you don't you don't know what it's gonna look like, you know. Sure. And, uh, so yeah, so I was, I was just over the moon and then seeing the people, uh, kind of speculate what it was going to be about before, because mm. we had done some stuff with fan factor, fan factor and a couple of other places where they were interviewing us before it launched and, mm-hmm. or when they put the trailer out, we would do things with it. And there's a line because it deals with, this is maybe, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, but because it deals with kids. Mm-hmm. There's a character in there that goes, not fair, not fair. Mm-hmm. And that plays, that voiceover plays in the the trailer. And mm-hmm. I remember there were several people that were just convinced we were writing a Trelane episode. <laughs> so I just, I just had a ball watching everyone speculate. Yeah. Nice. Even that on the children shall lead episode. Yeah. And so, so it was great. It was fun. I got to, so I got to see the rough cut. Then later, you know, once the special effects and all were put in, I got to see little mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Cause I did actually have input on what the planet looked like and all of that. Yeah. Right. Like they were sending me sketches going, what do you think? And so, so that was great. I, I did not expect that. I just figured they would right. handle that. But yeah. yeah, there was a lot of input from me Very that good. way. Yeah. And they were a joy to work with. I mean, all of the, all of the mm-hmm. cast and crew, they were just, they were just a joy. And, um, and so they had the premiere at the studios, um, because there was a big open area with a, where they put it up on the, the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe 200 people showed up for the premiere, wow. which just, whoa. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Mike Gordon and I wrote, Mike Gordon rode down with me. The two of us drove down and it's a, it's a hike from where I live to Savannah or to uh, <laughs> yeah. to Kingsland. Yeah, Kingsland, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a five-hour drive. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And we drove down, did the thing, and then drove back that night. It was a long day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long day. But No. Yeah, so we, 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 we went down, got there early, got to tour the sets again. Mike had never seen the sets. We got to check yeah. the sets. And, and we, were, we were there, and we were like, you know, and um, we go, and they, they – they, the the cast gets up and the director and they talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the episode. We're in the audience and actually there's like 200 people and they're like, okay, we're going to show the episodes. The episode starts and the teaser plays. Great. Then it goes into the opening credits. Great. It comes into the act one starts and the ship is flying toward the screen and there's the title. And as the ship passes, there's my name. <laughs> And I remember leaning over to Mike and goes, you know what? I'm good. We can go right now. That's all I needed. That's really, you know, that's, uh, yeah, my name in front of a ship that looks like the Enterprise. How cool is that? Right. So, but it was wonderful. We had a great time. Uh, the the audience was happy. We got like a standing ovation. Oh, it's so wonderful! That's great. People people were coming up and talking to us. They opened the sets up for tours after it was over. Mm. So it was just it was a it was a wonderful wonderful moment. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, and really, that's what you get out of doing a fan. Thing. I mean, you guys have done mm-hmm. you because you're not making any money off this, right? No. You know, right. this is this is purely a labor of love. So. Mm-hmm. 
and what I got out of that from those was was totally worth all the hours that I put mm-hmm. it to, you know, cause it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work to make these things, Yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah. and yeah. all the hours you spent driving down there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I know. Right. We, we, we should have been smart and like, you know, at least just spent the night and drove back the next day, but no, <laughs> right. but I was riding a high. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, but yeah. So, you know, so the two things I got out of it was that feeling Actually, three things. I got to meet all the people, mm-hmm. you know, be in that world, tour this, all the sets, be around all that. That was cool. But it also told me that I could do it. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. I didn't know if I could do it. Yeah, and right. I can't just sit and write a script just for the heck of it. I can't do anything just for the heck of it. I have to have a reason. And mm-hmm. so this gave me a reason to sit down, <clears throat> excuse me, and write a script. And I was pretty happy with it. I think it comes out nice. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing it, the, once I saw it, you know, like any other creative thing, I start going, I should have done that a little differently. Right. <laughs> but but that's that's everything, you know. So, yeah. So, I, I got a, a lot out of it from that. And it just, that feeling of seeing it up there with an audience, you know. Because watching it in that closet was cool and all. But watching <laughs> it with 200 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a totally different experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, they would never been fans. able to fit all two hundred other people into that closet. So no, you know. no, no, <laughs> it's a lot of wooden they bar- boxes. They barely put all of us in the closet. It was a, yeah, it was it was a it was a tight squeeze, but it was, but it was so great. And the kids, the kid actors were fantastic. Both of them were there, and I got to meet them and their parents. Cool. And um, yeah, their parents had little cameos, just like just background officers and. It was yeah. great. They they were awesome. They were so good, in fact, that while they were filming uh, in my original script, they don't show up until later than they do in the film. That they were so good that they made a decision on set to show them earlier, mm-hmm. which kind of killed the surprise, but it worked. <laughs> um, but it still worked. But they were so good that it, it worked. Yeah. So. And if anyone's not seen Conspiracy of Innocence, I, I dropped the YouTube link in the comments. So feel free to check that on YouTube. I was actually there for that premiere. I think I met the oh, ESO okay. folks that weekend. I, I, with my friend Kel Tescar, we wrote the the Starship Farragut comic book. Mm-hmm. And so we were there with... I remember with, seeing those, yeah. With that, and we had a little table there as well. And yeah, it was a, it's a fun weekend, and it's great. It's great as a, a longtime fan to get on that side of it. To mm-hmm. have that experience of, like you say, watching it develop, watching the episode, watch people speculate about it, watch watch the reaction, good and bad, yeah, you know, to something yeah. that your contribution, like, and you, you're kind of your whole life, you're, you know, from the time you're a kid, you're pretending, making mm-hmm. up those stories and kind of thinking, like, I would love to do that. And mm-hmm. then you get the chance to do it in some capacity. I think fan films is a great gift because I mean, there's a finite number of people who can work on legitimate projects yeah. and legitimate Star Trek. Not everyone in the world can do it, but everyone yeah. in the world could do fan films. Oh my! And walking on those sets, mm-hmm. oh, oh my gosh. god! I mean, it's, right. they are—they have done such a good job building mm-hmm. those sets that yeah. you are totally immersed. I just stepped into this thing I watched on TV. I it right. didn't feel like a set. I was especially when the lights were on. Yeah, you know, I am. Oh my god! I am on a starship. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Like, you know. And with the curve of the corridor, you mm-hmm. get that moment when you're walking down it where you can't see quite around. And it's and, like yeah. you're, you're 
long as you don't look and, up, you're walking down the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the, the, with the red beams, you can't see yeah. out unless you look straight up. And Right. I, I think probably we were at the second Farragut Fest. And I think the coolest thing was uh, Mark Maddox had gone with us, and Mark was standing against the wall talking to some people. And I just happened to walk past, and he goes, I just had the strangest sensation. It's like, I, you don't belong on the Enterprise, but yet I just saw you walk <laughs> <laughs> it's like and suddenly the two things like clashed for me um but, the, the, but they're so beautiful and i i highly recommend because they do set tours once a month still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's changed names it's neutral zone studios i think right what they're mm-hmm. yeah they still do tours uh if you're a fan and you can get down to south georgia near the georgia florida line totally worth the worth the going Mm -hmm. do it i've never been and i am dying to go worth the trip i think that Mm -hmm. next time chuck and veronica go down they're gonna have to take me with them (laughs) um (laughs) i just want to podcast trip (laughs) why yeah (laughs) Um, we should like actually do a live show from there okay Uh, because they usually have they usually have guests that come in yeah for Mm -hmm. their open house weekends i think robin curtis was there last time and oh uh, cool uh, some of the people that work people that worked on the uh films are there yeah Um, i think the this this it's i think it's this weekend or next weekend is the december one and the two of the board kids from voyager are there oh neat yeah that's really cool Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. In the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, your pizza delivery guys, Dan, Sean, and Paul, serve you a slice of life. As we discuss literally anything in the universe. Conspiracy theories. Movies that we've liked. Women in comedy, voice actors, film directors and producers, authors. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Wednesday, I'm here with you people. It's wild. Okay, let me get some comments. Um, Ryan says hi and says that Bobby Nash is the greatest writer happening right now. So that's I got nice. your five bucks, Ryan. <laughs> and he also has a question that's off the topic of Star Trek. And I think we might have to save this for toward the end of the show with a little bit of explanation. Mm-hmm. But he wants to know who would you cast as Abraham Snow in <sighs> animated or live action? And that's a I, character from the probably the yeah. biggest that's, series that you have that's going. That's the guy there. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I keep trying to do this backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, Snow is an action adventure series. I, I, I'm always leery of of casting because then I'm disappointed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will admit the when I when I was talking to Jeffrey Hayes who did this poster, and he also did another one which I don't have hanging, um, and he asked me if I had an actor in particular. And I was mentioning a character trait about his hair not working right. And I think I said something like, oh, like that guy on Stargate. And so, yep. actually, I found the poster. <laughs> it, where, oh, it, nice. it, it, he, you know, it's like, it can't look just like Joe Flanagan. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, speaking of a segue, how did you get into that genre as opposed to, or in addition to the science fiction and animation and comic book genre? Oh, my, my, my love of, I love crime fiction, thrillers, mm, okay. mystery, 
action. I love that. That's, you know, as much as I love sci-fi, I don't love uh-huh. writing sci-fi as much as I like reading and <laughs> sci-fi. Uh, sci- I wrote it. I've written, a, I've written sci-fi and I will probably mm-hmm. will again, but mm-hmm. it's, but my, my love is, is doing the crime stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up on Magnum and Rockford and, Columbo, et cetera, et cetera. And those, right you know, that's kind of what snow is. It's like kind of my love letter to those where sometimes the, the, the crime is not as important as the, what the characters are doing. Absolutely. Anybody who's ever seen the Maltese Falcon knows that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about the characters and then, yes. Oh, okay. Here's, here's a crime. They, they've got to deal with <laughs> and, right. and how they deal with the crime yeah. is, is a lot of it. So, yeah, so that's my first love. Like Evil Ways, my first novel is a mm-hmm. suspense thriller. Um, I know with Evil Ways, a lot of people think it's like a, a horror thing, but and there's Evil a horror Dead. Ele- yeah, there's a horror element to it, but it's not like supernatural or anything. It's mm-hmm. um, you know, it's I, I I always tell people that Evil what Evil Ways is kind of like if John McClane from Die Hard found himself in a '80s slasher movie. <laughs> wow. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> so with, with that with that genre, what influenced you more? Are you more influenced by the ones you mentioned, the 70s stuff, the 60s stuff, the film noir, the 40s and 50s? Which which is any of those that influenced you the most? Probably the 70s and 80s, because mm. on TV in yeah. the 70s and 80s, crime fighters were everywhere. Yes. You know, yeah. and most of the time they were normal people. Like you right. had your cops, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you know, you chips and all those. You know, though you had your cops doing it, but right. Jim Rockford was a private investigator. Magnum Pi, you know, these were guys that it was their. You know, it wasn't like they weren't cops with the badges and stuff like that. It was so heart to heart things like that. It was real people just solving crimes, which Manics. I thought was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and so and so I just I love the crime solving aspect. Mm-hmm. I grew up reading Encyclopedia Brown and oh and, yes, you know, uh, watching me too. The, yeah, the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, Scooby Doo. Yeah. You know, right. oh right. my gosh, Scooby Doo <laughs> was probably my first mystery show, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so there's something about that, <laughs> and 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 you know what? I never put it together till just now. But Evil Ways <laughs> is very much like Scooby Doo. You think there's something supernatural going on, but there's not. Nice. <laughs> oh, I can see him now. I can see your book, The Minor Forty Niner. Yeah. So it's like it's like yeah, and I never put that consciously put that together oh, till just this moment. So. That's the problem you're telling us. You you have synthesized Star Trek, Spider Man, and Scooby Doo into a career. Yes. (laughs) Man. And I and I I'm still waiting to be able to write Spider Man and Scooby Doo. There you go. (laughs) Uh, I write I write a lot of characters I grew up with, but those have eluded me so far. Mm -hmm. Let me get a couple more comments in before we get too far afield. Um, Bill would like to know who or what Trelane is. Ah, who can ah. Well, go ahead? There is an episode. I forget the title. Sorry, Squire Gothos. There you go, Squire Gothos. <laughs> oh boy, trivia contest time! Ding ding. Yes, they go to this planet, and Next there's week. this, there's this very uh, playful, flamboyant character named Trelane <laughs> who has magical powers, 
think Q in the 60s. Right. Um, and well, Liberace and, in space. Yeah, if yeah. Q was Liberace. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and he's he's playing games with the Enterprise crew. And then we find out at the end of it that he's a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, Trelane's just a little kid. Yeah, and 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 uh, he just wants somebody to play with, and that's what Kirk, Spock, etc. are is somebody to play with. So yeah, so, so sure. but yeah, very much a precursor to Q. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, yes. Oh yeah. You know, actually, there's a great novel Peter David wrote. Um, mm-hmm. Q squared. Q squared, which is a oh. great Trelane Q. Yeah. Novel. I remember that one. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Matt Sweatman says that Matt. they had a blast at Neutral Zone Studios a couple of months ago. Nice. Ryan says Maltese Falcon is one of the best films ever. I love it. It is. Agreed. Bill says that uh, he loved Encyclopedia Brown. Never figured out the whodunits before reading the solutions. <laughs> the, the one that always sticks out to me, and I remember it to this day. Encyclopedia Brown solved a mystery because lightning comes before thunder. Oh, the, guy, yes. the guy kept saying the thunder woke me up. And when I looked out the window, I saw the lightning and it, mm. it told me the guy was there. And because <laughs> it you know, thunder follows lightning, not the opposite of, you know, mm. he solved the mystery. And as we all know, Science. thunder only happens when it's Once. raining. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's other people who read Encyclopedia Brown. I, I, oh, yeah. oh everybody read those. Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> That's good stuff. So, uh, Bobby, did you, speaking of, since you like that kind of stuff, did you ever hear over read something called Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators? I love that series. Really? Yeah, I, I had my uncle's collection of, old, of the other of ones from the 60s. That is awesome. Yeah. I have a yeah. I have a regular patron at the library where I work who has been checking out that entire series piece <laughs> by piece because his kids are loving them and and he and his kids read them together and you know there's what 40 Aww. books in that series or something and he's they're yeah, just going great. through the entire series and he was in today and I'm like so your kids still enjoy these he's like yeah they're still asking for more so <laughs> they're great and you would actually enjoy awesome. them even today Bobby they're about teenagers who solve crimes and through mm-hmm. a whole bunch of weird things they they actually have the use of a chauffeur because they're they can't drive but they have a chauffeur who drives them around and they do and it's just it's just really good stuff yeah, yeah. i i've toyed with the idea mm-hmm. and it just never happens because again i have to have a reason yeah. to do stuff but i've wanted to do something with like a teenage investigator or high yeah. school or college investigator and i'm sure i'll get around to it one of these days but yeah but yeah my love of my love of those things because it's it's so different to how kids solve mysteries as opposed to adults solve mysteries Mm. because also Mm -hmm. also when you look at scooby-doo those that because they're kids (laughs) they're often you know ignored Right, you know, mm-hmm. you know, go away, kids. You bug me, and so there's a the the kids have to be more creative in solving the mysteries, and I I mm-hmm. always appreciate the, you know, yeah, something a lot more straightforward than just hi, I'm a cop. Did you do it? <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, something I thought about, Bobby. You, had, you mentioned earlier all this. Basically, you did this yourself. You taught yourself. You basically didn't know enough to know that you should, probably shouldn't try to do it. <laughs> and you hear so many creative people say that they literally pour themselves into what they do. 
So when you got any kind of first rejection, how did you handle that? Was that one oh, of those things where it crushed you as a person? Oh, it hurts. Yeah. Oh, it hurts. It hurts bad. <laughs> yeah. It, still hurts. <laughs> yeah. it still stings. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this a while, so I kind of go, I'll cry, let the one tear fall, and I go, okay, back mm-hmm. to work. <laughs> but um, but no, it it I shopped evil ways around for six years before I found someone willing wow. to go. Yeah. Wow. Right? And then it turned out to be a crappy publisher. So it was, it wasn't the greatest experiences <laughs> at that point. Um, so, but I had a book, you know, yeah, yeah. and I used that book to get more work. So, mm-hmm. right. But, but you talk about pouring yourself into it. I always tell people, I always get the question, what's your favorite? Yeah. Yeah. And which is hard to do, mm-hmm. but I always tell people evil ways is the most me of anything I've written. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> and there were things I would not do that way now. Yeah. But it's me. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just pouring out of me. So if right. especially if you know me, I've had people who know me that have read it and go, This is I th- I can hear you reading it to me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, because it's just it's the way I like even the narration, which you should, you know, should be this omniscient narrator, sounds like me. Um, yeah so but i but you know what you don't you don't don't learn that unless you do it you know and so as the book came out once the book was out there's a lot to be said about finishing something Mm -hmm. to really motivate you to do it again Mm -hmm. right because i had before evil i had started and stopped numerous attempts at writing a novel. I actually wrote one before evil ways mm-hmm. that was awful. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. Um, I eventually rewrote it. Mm-hmm. It was my science fiction novel, Earthstrike agenda. When okay. I first wrote it, it was about half the size it ended up being. And it was cliche written, very, you know, just poorly written, but I liked the story and I liked the idea that was there. And then after I had two or three novels under my belt, I went back and basically started from scratch and rewrote the novel. And it turned out to be much better the second time around. <laughs> so, now, yeah. there, before we run out of time, there's at least one more fan film that I wanted to mention. Yes. Because Veronica once starred in a, a script that mm-hmm. you wrote. Yes. Um, which was uh, Marie Curie uh, yep. the, in the Project Potemkin line of films. And we talked mm-hmm. to Randy Landers, who runs mm-hmm. Project Potemkin just a few episodes ago. But uh, I was serving as a script editor at the time when your script came in. And it, it happened to be for the show. We we, went up, we ended up putting it to the show that Veronica was playing the first officer <laughs> character on. And uh, it worked out beautifully. And I was wanted to th- get your opinion on how that script came out in the live action. And Oh, sure. I I loved it. I thought it turned out great. Basically, and he's I, asking you to critique his, his yeah, role right? as <laughs> I, I know what he's getting at. He's like, you wrote a script where my wife was running around in a towel. <laughs> to be fair, it, I made sure she was the character in the towel. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember when I it was a face When I I remember when I put the, when I put that in the script, I remember telling Randy. I said, it just makes more sense because she's trying to get this, you know, she's like talking about, I've taken like 12 showers mm-hmm. <laughs> to get this gunk off me. Mm. And it just made sense for her to be, you know, not in a right. uniform. And I said, but if the actor doesn't want to do it, put him in a uniform. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I no, read it and I was like, game. I know someone who will do it. <laughs> yeah, right. She's game. She's got, no. Um, 
But I got the idea. I'll tell you the funny story about how I got the idea. I I met Randy. I did a convention at a, at a convention at the library in Hoover, and and mm-hmm. his sets were in Hoover. And Michael Day had said you should meet Randy. Randy wants to take you over and give you a tour of the sets. And I'm like, okay, I'll meet Randy. I'll go to the sets. I'm not writing anything. I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was where it was going. I don't have time. And so I go tour the sets. Randy and I are talking. We're having a good time. I've already told Randy, I don't have time to write anything. It's not going to happen. And as we're, after we finished the tour, we were sitting on the bridge. I was sitting at the navigator station and I was talking to Randy. He was back by one of the back stations and we're talking and I just went, son of a bitch, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not a, I don't know if you guys figured this out from the watching it, but basically I rewrote a MASH episode and said it in Star Trek. <laughs> uh, there's a MASH awesome. episode where Father Mulcahy and Radar have to go get a wounded man and he starts oh, yeah. choking and they have to do emergency surgery on the yeah. side of the road while the while they're being talked to how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the plot. <laughs> Yep. Nice. So, so congratulations, Veronica. You were Father Mulcahy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In a towel. <laughs> in a towel. Um, I wasn't in a towel when I was doing. Wasn't surgery. in a towel there. Yeah. But it was <laughs> like you know, and so so I and talking about you were talking about things flowing out of you. I wrote that in like a day, day and a half. Wow. I, mean, wow. I just was you know pop pop pop. And, wow. But it was weird when I wrote it. I didn't have any idea who any other characters were. I had right. no idea who was playing what. So it would literally say captain, mm-hmm. lieutenant, security mm-hmm. officer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I remember that. A lot of them were that way because there were several volunteer productions that were running out of Project yeah. Potemkin. We never really knew. You never really knew which show it was going to be or who or, was going to be the yeah. characters in it. And it, In fact, I wrote one once where the, the guys who came in and, and produced the script didn't change it. And they're all just called security and lieutenant the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of weird. Yeah. Wow. Or sometimes you'll write one. Like I wrote one for Starship Webster. And I, yeah. so I used, I knew the characters because I had done another one. I, I'd done yeah. another one for Hospital Ship Marie Curie that became yeah. a Webster. Okay. Yeah. And so I wrote another one for Webster. And and so I used the characters that I had seen in the episode. And he goes, we may have to make that another ship. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> plus, there's a lot of turnover. You know, people are doing oh, yeah. this for fun, and for, I mean, nobody's making money. It's fun. They're, you yeah. know, so there are some people have a finite window of when when they work on them. Yeah. So, but but it's fun. I just I have a ball doing it, and nowadays too, and it's a little easier now because they're like more like ten minute things as opposed right. to forty five minutes like Farragut and Star Trek continues. Mm-hmm. And. So, like, the last two I did were just because I had an idea, and I called up Randy, and I'm like, hey, I got an idea. You want it? <laughs> he goes, sure, write that up. <laughs> um, Randy will never say no to that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, you got a script? Great. Send it over. Yeah. It's terrible? That's a, okay, that's fine. We can right. fix it. <laughs> right. Yeah, we can workshop that sucker. Um, so, yeah. So, whenever an idea pops into my head, I'll just go, you want this? Sure. <laughs> Do you have a ship in mind? Just Captain, Lieutenant. We're good. <laughs> right. We'll work that out later. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out, and then yeah. and then the and then the the actors can add their personality to how the characters mm-hmm. talk. Because I'm if I don't know who's right, who, who the character is going to be, it's just straightforward. You know, mm-hmm. could be anybody. It's there's no personality ticks that right. way. On that note, how do you feel when you see 
an actor and they take liberties with the dialogue that you've written, are you one of the, I don't think that you're one of those people that is like, you have to say it to the letter. Oh God, no. Yeah. Because there are writers like that and directors yeah. like that and showrunners like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, even, I'm not even that way with the comics, you know, yeah. I'm always telling the artists, look, I wrote it this way. If, yeah. if we, if there's something artistically that'll make this better and keep the story the same, let's do it. You know, tell right. me. And so, yeah, it doesn't bother me when, you know, yeah. things get, like I said, the, the Farragut, the kids come in early. It still works, you know. Um, you're the only, the only fear is, is if, if they make a change and it's awful, they're not the ones <laughs> the audience is going to blame. That's right. right. Yeah. You know, uh, Bobby Nash, he doesn't know Star Trek. <laughs> you know, if you talk to anyone, and I mean anyone from the Star Trek, Rick Berman and Brendan Braga era, they will tell you, based on like the question that Alan posed, you couldn't change anything. Oh, no. TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, mm. nothing. You couldn't change a syllable without it going upstairs. And it was yeah. like, big. You yeah. had to get yeah. approval to change yeah. a, a word in a sentence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember, and, and I remember Voyager was, was particularly notorious for that. Yeah. yeah. I remember there was an interview with Bill Moomy who did one episode. Of yeah. Space Nine. I remember this. Yeah. And, and the, the line had the, the words do not, uh -huh. uh, we, you will do or, do, or whatever it was. And yep. he said, don't. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they came to him and said, so are you changing it? And they called <laughs> him. And he's like, it just, it's a, <laughs> yeah, right. It was, it was to the, it was to the letter. It, I mean, you didn't change a thing. Yeah, which, and they loosened up on that because I know there was Picard. They talk about there's a lot of ad libbing happening. Right. Yeah, yeah but it's now, a, but. yeah, it's a different, it's a different world now. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. run by different mm -hmm. people yeah. who have different ideas about it and mm -hmm. aren't, aren't well, so controlly. You know. Yeah. Well, I think too, you know. And and this is not a knock because I love the TNG DS9 mm -hmm. era. Absolutely. But the guy the people in charge were not as creative as much as they were business minded. Rick Berman mm -hmm. was more of a businessman than he was right. a writer. Yeah. Um I know he wrote some, but I mean he was yeah, more of a right. business focus. And very so successful. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yes. And and they turned out some amazing stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Considering they were under a lot of constraints. You know, Gene had a lot of, you can't do this, you can't do that, uh, that came down from the top, and they had to work around, you know, uh, certainly yeah. the no conflict thing. Yeah, right. right. Conflict, conflict is the, like, drama thrives on conflict. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, ha so the creators had to be creative ways to do yeah. get around those things. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. today we don't have that problem. We can... Hey, it works better that way. Great, let's do it. You know, mm -hmm. so. Bobby, you talked about writing for actors. What about acting yourself? <laughs> I, I've never, act, I've never acted anything I've written. Um, <laughs> okay. I have done some acting. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I, I enjoy it. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I'm like, like I am with an artist. I am never going to win an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm never going to be top billing on anything. Um, but I can go in and I can say my lines and I can do funny things. And, um, you know, and there's things that you don't think you can do until you do them. Yeah. I did a horror movie once where I had, we were like, it was a murders in a fat, uh, uh, like a biggest loser type competition. Mm, right. <laughs> and so there's, okay. there's a whole, we spent a day 
doing all of the the event activities for mm-hmm. the montage. And there's one where like I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. I'm running. We're running down this gravel road and I have to trip and fall. Mm. And I'm like, I am gonna just I'm gonna hurt myself bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I did but I did it. I trip it was so good. The first time we did it, because the the drill instructor is at the far end yelling at us. Uh, and mm. so the director's like, when he says this, take your dive. I'm like, okay. Hmm. And so now I got to look into where there was soft dirt and a lot less rocks. <laughs> so I didn't always <laughs> right. I didn't always take the dive on the right word, but because at one point I'm like, this is where I'm falling. <laughs> um, we can dub the other part later. This is where I'm. But the first time we're doing it, we're running and there's a bunch of us. We're supposed to have been at it a while. So we're all running like, uh, you know, like we've been running for hours. We're covered in sweat. And, and I go and I take the tumble. And the guy running behind me comes up and he's supposed to help me up and uh-huh. say, let's keep going. You know, the drill sergeant's going to blah, 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 blah. And, and he helps me kind of drag me back onto the path. And so we get there. I take my tumble. I, you know, cause I fall off the road into the ditch, you know, and he stops and goes, Oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that's not the line. And he's like, you fall. And they're like, he's supposed to fall. <laughs> Okay, so apparently you're really good at falling. Apparently, yeah. So I hey, it's I, convincing. I, I, yeah, I got to have fight scene. Wow, like a fight scene. I got to get murdered. Ooh. I got to be. Then they. I got to be a dead body when they find me later. I'm all, you know. <laughs> it was awesome, you know. Um, That's I've great. Done, I've done. I've done a lot of extra stuff for small yeah. roles. You know, I played a tech guy and a couple. The same guy, the character in two different movies. I got to. Mm-hmm. I'm Tommy the tech guy in a couple of movies. Mm. So I had like, it was like this eighties haircut and now I'm doing all that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, the main character kind of roughs me up a little. And so that was fun. So I get to do stuff like that or extra mm-hmm. stuff. And um, for, there was a time there. If in Atlanta, if you needed a, if you needed an angry fat guy, I was your man. Sorry. Matt says he remembers seeing you in Doom Patrol and Ozark. Yep. Doom wow. Patrol. I had to, I did Doom Patrol twice. The first time you barely see me, but I was in a suit and a tie. Mm-hmm. We were outside at a bus station and I'm watching. I'm the only person there in a suit and tie. And so I'm watching like they don't do anything with it, but they have me watching the main character. Like I'm a government agents and that's what I wrote in my head. Oh, I'm a government agent. So, <laughs> and then I did a uh, an episode where I played one of the Dannysons, which are the weirdos, and I had a full <laughs> beard at the time. I had grown a beard for another role, and so they liked. So they asked me to keep the beard to, to play this role, and so they dressed me up like George R. R. Martin. Wow! <laughs> and so I played I played Disco George. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. amazing! And it was a party. We were having this party. At the at the Doom Patrol mansion, because Danny the Street is this supernatural being who is sick, mm-hmm. and because Danny was a street, and then Danny turned into a brick, and then the brick got broken, and we have the party to build this energy, positive energy that'll help Danny grow, and Danny becomes like a tire, and then we <laughs> we we all have a special effect where we all touch, lay hands on Danny, and we turn into stardust and go off into you know. 
So it was wow. awesome. But, we, but, it, but it was a party. And it was so it was just a real, is really weird. Yeah. So we just yeah, threw okay. a party. We just threw a party in the the room. You just can't be loud because you know you don't want to pick up on. So right. and it was and it was filled with the Danny's and this is what they called the weirdos, the freaks, the weirdos. Mm-hmm. And so we had people there. There was a lot of people in like painted outfits. There were there were uh, people running around in nothing but speedos and 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 wings, which is mm. and this was. The three days before Christmas Eve, it was cold. Yeah, I felt yeah. really bad for them. And there were some, we had some, we had some drag performers there. Uh, there were people singing and dancing. Just, it was just, it was just so much fun. We had a ball. And then awesome. I got to hang out, I got to hang out with Robot Man and, and Negative Man because my scene was with them. So mm. I spent half the time with them and half the time with, uh, this group of, of drag queens who were just awesome. <laughs> nice. Oh, I laughed a lot. It, we had so much fun. That sounds great. And then, yeah. And I got to, and I got to meet a James Bond. I got to meet Timothy Dalton. So, oh, really? you nice. know what? It was a great few. It was a great experience. Wow. So, yeah. And Ozark was awesome as well. I did a lot on Ozark. So, okay. Well, we're coming up on time, Bobby. Uh, tell folks where they can find more of you and, you know, anything you've got coming out to promote. Um, promote it okay uh well bobbynash.com is my website there's links to everything wow. there you got your name yep yep had that <laughs> for a while yep um all of the links to all of the fan films are under the film tab okay. uh, they're all on youtube go watch them enjoy them um mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh i'm all over social media facebook there's links there to all that you can find me um upcoming i do have um, on the 15th of this month, excuse me, I wrote a, a six book comic book series, graphic novel series for an educational publisher called Abdo. Uh, their, their primary audience are libraries, okay. public libraries, as well as high school and middle school libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called Crimes in Time, and it's six standalone books about crimes set during real historical events, um, you know, and I, as today being Pearl Harbor day, um, one of them is set during the attack on Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. and, uh, but there's six different, uh, historical events. And so the crime has to interact, you know, with, you know, not just on that day. I mean, there's, it, mm-hmm. it has to be a tight end and then research the real event. We talk about the real event. And, you know, because so, because like I said, these are aimed more at, you know, twi- you know, 10, 12 and up. And right. so we're talking about the real events. And so they picked six. Um, the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, Pearl Harbor, Sinking of the Titanic, uh, the blackout in New York of 1977 with the Son of Sam, which that mm-hmm. one was the one that made me raise my eyes. Oh, wait, this is for kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because Sam is in the book. <laughs> um, uh, Hurricane Katrina and the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so those were really cool. Uh, those will be out this month. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff coming. I have a Lone Ranger that's due out any day now that I did yeah. for Moonstone. Um, uh, I wrote a story. I don't know where this one will, anybody will be able to find it, but some point next year, I did a comic book for the United States Embassy in Peru. Mm. Uh, one of their wow. giveaways. Um, yeah, they've created, they created five superheroes, Peruvian superheroes, and this will be the third book. I didn't write the first two, 
uh, but it's just a standalone. Put it in inside the comic are information on the programs that they offer. One when they're in high school, one when they're in college. And so I wrote a story using one of the characters that hadn't been focused on yet and told a story that starts with her in high school and ends with her working toward her master's. And, you know, so she's taking advantage of the programs, but she's also a superhero. And so there's a nice (laughs) little superhero story. Um, But they're they're, I I believe they're giveaways that they'll do, you know, in Peru. So I'm hoping I'll at least see one. Yeah. but yeah, but that was a fun that was a fun gig, and um, I had read the first two that they had, and um, yeah, they've, they've 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 you know it's 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 um it's not deep storytelling because you know you can't like one of the rules was you know don't show us in a bad light like we don't want to hand this book to kids and, and their parents and go yeah send your kids to the U.S. on this program by the way they might get kidnapped like they do in this book so you don't want to do that <laughs> right um, yeah so yeah. But uh, but I had a blast with it. It was so much fun, and awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so those are those are all coming. Plus, there's more stuff. There's always snow and other novels and whatnot. So, okay. For Alan, where can people find more of you? Well, on this very network, ESO Network, you could find Modern Musicology. We are coming up on our last two episodes of the year. We just recorded. Um, number 98 and that is an interview with gina shock of the go-go's and our final episode of the year is uh that is number 99 and that is going to be our sort of like favorite holiday music it's just a general Mm. topic about holiday music and then we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and start year three with episode number 100 and we have something special planned for that congratulations thank you very much and also you could check out Doctor Who A to Z, where we are currently reviewing the the new 60th anniversary specials that are happening right now on Disney Plus, starring David Tennant and Catherine Tate. So go check that out. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on X and on Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook group. So I may need to start listing every group individually so i sound like i'm doing something <laughs> after this group <laughs> that's why i have the website it's all <laughs> i only have to remember one it's all there <laughs> well how about us veronica oh nerdy.com yep and if you're in the atlanta area um this saturday december the 9th we're gonna be p- appearing at both the sinful variety show and the puck and Fuppet show uh, here in Atlanta. So check out Felt Nerdy on Facebook and those links will be there um, or just Google them. Uh, we're going to be all over the place. Uh, where else people find us? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. And do you have a closing for us this week? I'm always surprised because I always forget. Anything Star Trekky Or Nashy. Holy go. There we go. All right, that'll work. That'll work. (laughs) And so people should join us again next week at Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern because that's your cue. Oh, yes. We're doing a a quiz and I am going to be the quiz host and I'm going to be asking them the questions because I would never be able to answer any of the questions that they would. (laughs) Or if I could, they would be faster than me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be asking the questions. And we're going to have a special guest with us um, joining us on the quiz. And you guys will see who that is next week. It's yeah. Joe Campbell. Oh, <laughs> surprise. No, we want, we want people to anticipate it. It's right. Joe Campbell. Oh, Joe yeah. Campbell from Dragon yep. Con. 
That's yes. right. I hope and you lots of other be interesting. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna have a a, a, a quiz, uh, a trivia face off with Veronica picking the questions, which is gonna be a whirlwind. Oh, oh yes, Lord. I'm gonna read about Ferengi. I'm gonna read about Ferengi all week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so everybody, make sure you're here next Thursday, eight p.m. Eastern. Everybody, be take fine. care. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.